The Right to Ricky Sanchez podcast brought to you by Big Barker, therapeutic dog beds. Get yours right now at bigbarker.com slash Ricky so you can get that process pup patch. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Right to Ricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. The Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process, and our friends at Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, we are, you know, we started our season previews, of course, this weekend with Gons. We did the Eastern Conference preview. And like we were saying, we're pivoting into the season. I didn't really think about the fact that the season is still like almost two months away. But um, that said, we're going to do a lot of Sixers previewing today. Over-unders, which are always very popular. I'm sure we'll have like three different over-under pods before the, uh, before the season starts. So we'll have that. Um, Mike Scott, not allowed to wear the, uh, the long Karate Kid headbands anymore. And a Charles Barkley statue is coming to the Sixers facility. So we'll talk about that as well. I'll mention again, we are up to 74 members now of the Bark in the Park Providence Animal Center run team. If you sign up before October 1st, you get the T-shirt with all the uh, Sixers-related process pups on it. My dog, Mike's dog, TJ's dog, Ben's dog, Joel's dog, and Rocco's dog all on there, designed by our friend Abby. Um and of course, any all the money goes to the Province Animal Center. So go to RiceRickySanchez.com, join our Bark in the Park team, get us to 100 um, members. And of course, the Bark in the Park team is supported by Cornblow and Cornblow, L.L. Pavorsky, and our friends at the Colony Meadery. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Welcome to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who is waiting for his statue to be unveiled at the Sixers facility in Camden, Mike Levin. When I do you think it's coming? Settle for a mere ringing of the bell. This is the year, I think. You think? I think that, well, I mean, I think if they're smart, this is the year they invite us. You know, last year at Live Ricky 3, they agreed and Elton agreed, you know what, we're going to send our brand new GM to their live show um, and put him in front of, you know, a thousand people and these two guys. And I think it was their first, you know, real acknowledgement, aside from the fact when they still trust the process, it was their first <laughs> real acknowledgement that, you know what, these guys are part of the culture. Uh-huh. We, we have to acknowledge that. And I think, you know, we gave Elton a, a year pass we for did. coming to Live Ricky, which is almost over, but- um, The Stauskas pass. The Stauskas pass. Think about the pass the organization would get if they invited us to ring the bell. Pretty I'm just, good. I'm, t- 
I'm telling you, Sixers, it's the right thing to do. I agree, but I I do think that that feels that feels like a the year after they win a championship thing, where it's like, ah, we did it. Here you go. Who cares mm. anymore? That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, could be, could be. But I would also I would like for it to happen this season. So yeah, we don't. So the Charles Barkley statue, they have a bunch of statues at the uh, the facility, which is a beautiful facility. Been there a few times. Uh, it's pretty impressive. Right across the street from uh, BB&T. It's literally, they share the same parking lot. Where would you say, you know, there, so there's a lot of Sixers up for discussion of all-time Sixers. I, so many of them we have not seen play, right? So like the, the people that you have to at least mention that would be in the top five or in discussion for the top five that um, that I have not seen play. I never saw Wilt, never saw Hal Greer, Billy Cunningham, Dolph Shays, obviously, Bobby Jones, never saw them. Then there are the, the Sixers that I saw a lot of that you probably didn't see as much of, obviously, Dr. J, uh, Moses, Andrew Tony, Maurice Cheeks. Then there's the new gen, uh, Iverson. Where, I guess in Sixers you've ever seen, do you remember watching Charles that much or, or is he sort of like before Yeah, you definitely were? not live. The okay. first, the first like, the first real Sixers team I, I remember deeply is the like Sharon Wright draft. <laughs> oh God, okay. And, and, and then into Dana Barros, obviously. Um, so that was, that's, I was born in 89, so 90, that's like 94, 95. But I've seen enough Charles clips. But it, it's, in my, like, adult life, Charles has just been, like, a, like an idiot. Like a guy that just has yeah. bad takes and just, like, yeah. doesn't really pay attention to things. So it's hard. That's, once you retire, it, you should just disappear because if you become a public face, then, like, you become Reggie Miller and your whole career sort of gets tainted by how bad of an analyst you are. And so I think that sort of uh, dimmed that a little bit for me. But uh, it's exciting to think about, like, Charles in today's game in, in the sense of whether that's, like, Zion or a handful of other guys, you know, Julius right. Randle, whatever. But uh, Well, and I, Charles loved fucking shooting threes, even though he wasn't good at it. And I just I sort of wonder if if threes were thought about the way, you know, he was on that, that Phoenix Suns team, which had Dan Marley and KJ and, um, mm -hmm. like was sort of ahead of its time a little bit. Yeah. And it was a, 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 a team that was like, you know, was supposed to shoot threes. I sort of, I do wonder what Charles would be like today. Oh my God. Small ball five surrounded by shooters, oh, but wow. also six, four, you know? Um, I mean, PJ Tucker is probably a close, I, I know that at the time Charles was. I always think about like how people have gotten more athletic and stronger and bigger over the, over time. Kept taking mm -hmm. care of their bodies more. Like if you put Charles Barkley in his prime in the in the league today, I he'd probably be PJ Tucker. Well, so I think the closest comp for him. Well, so it. He is Kevin Love-esque in his rebounding. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like P.J. Tucker, like Charles was a fucking like monster rebounder, which P.J. Tucker is not. Right. So I think there are similarities to Kevin Love. And the, the, the thing that I, I think could happen is if he's around today, like is he, instead of like everyone criticizing him from shooting too many threes, is he um, enabled and 
and work on it? And does he become a 35 or, you know, 37% three-point shooter? And is he Kevin Love? I think the, the P.J. Tucker comparison is apt. He's way better than P.J. Tucker, is a, a way better scorer than P.J. Tucker, but the game was so different. I, of Sixers I've seen, so I saw plenty of Dr. J. I don't really remember Moses. So I'm 43, and that championship was 83. So I'd be lying if I said I, I do. For some, I do remember Mo Cheeks. I, I, I don't really remember Andrew Tony. It really comes down to Dr. J Iverson and Barkley for me. And I actually, you know, I'm not an Iverson guy. Um, and I do have personal connection. Like I saw Charles a lot when I was a kid. I, I think Charles was is probably, as a sixer, a little underrated. And I think he was better than Dr. J. The only question is, is he better than Iverson? And most people would say no. Um, I would say yes, but most people would say no. So Yeah, it's just so hard to compare between eras. I know that yep. that's what people say all the time, but it, it, it is because, you know, it's also Dr. J had such a good team around him for the most part mm-hmm. when, he, when he was here. And Charles, a lot of it was pleased playing with trash. Um. Yeah, I I would have loved to see Moses. My the way my dad talks about Moses just seems yeah. like that would have been a really an animal. And Bobby Jones, fucking cool, cool as hell. Yeah. Um, it's been, I mean, or even Mo Cheeks, like Mo Cheeks, sure. you know, th- that kind of point guard doesn't exist very much anymore. Like that kind of point guard is a backup most of the time now. Yeah. But not TJ. that Mo Cheeks is Mo a Cheeks backup, would be TJ but. today. Yeah, but uh, who said that that bothers somebody? I think, Jack, is it John Marks that loves Mo Cheeks and Jack just calls him TJ? Uh, to, to John, he doesn't like that. Yeah. Also, um, Andrew Tony, dope as hell. Uh, yeah. Injury problems sort of kept yeah. him kept him down, and I, I wish that the team had more. If if he feels wronged by the team, and so I wish that they had sort of bridged that divide. Well, they. So he's been back since the new ownership has been here. Yeah. He's been to games. And I think it, it, has, it isn't like fully bridged, but it's much more bridged than it was 15 years ago, yeah, I would say. For sure. The Willie Green Apple Podcast five-star review brought to you by Kinetic Skateboarding. I have to head down there today. Uh, ben, uh, one of the owners of Kinetic, wasn't there last week when I wanted to go. I bought a shirt. They had these uh, awesome Kinetic Band in Delaware shirts, and they sold out of the purple ones, and they reprinted them. So I bought one, and I did the pickup in store, and I got to get my Al Horford shirt because I want to wear that at Live Ricky 4. Um, just great stuff, man. Great gear, even if you're not a skateboarder. If you are a skateboarder, dude, you got to support a local shop instead of you know, buying from a, a big corporation or something, support Kinetic. So uh, either go there, it's on Route, route 202, or go online, um, kineticskateboarding.com, and use promo code Dave Silver for 9.1% off your first order. We're at 2,491 five-star Apple podcast reviews. When we get to 3,000, I do another podcast reading reviews from 2,000 to 3,000. Um, this one, subject line, Philly Musician. This podcast makes me proud that I've met Amos Lee a few times and done some gigging and recording with the chef. How about that? Uh, which is Jaron Olefsky, uh, Amos's musical director. Five stars. Um, thank you for that review. Gigging. Um, Are we gigging? Gigging. Yeah, gigging. I'm going to a, a Philly venue I've never been to um, tonight. It is called, oh, fuck. Something, Jerry's on front. 
apparently it is a practice space that they turned into a venue. So it's probably like the church, no drinks being sold, smells like middle school. That's my guess. That's my guess. Oh, I also enjoyed, since as a good co-host, I enjoyed Mm -hmm. your your podcast with Connor Barwin. I enjoyed that. Oh, thank you for listening. I, I, Connor is a, I would like, I'm going to talk to Connor about being a friend of the pod like Amos is. Connor is a legit dude. I mean, um, I, I talked to him in the, thank you for, for saying that. I, like in the interview, I talked to him about having a foundation that actually does something, like something that we can all see in what he's done in Philadelphia. And it is so rare, and he really actually cares and really actually loves Philly. Um, I don't know if this is public, the, the uh, Franklin Music Hall people told me, but the show that he did Thursday night at the Dell raised $100,000 wow. um, for the Make the World Better Foundation, which is fucking awesome. That's dope. 100 grand. So congratulations to Connor. I also, All I right. also enjoyed the, um, oh. the question you asked about if there's a Embiid Horford Similarity to him, like as in a guy that sort of wrecked you. Oh yeah. Then comes and plays your team. It was kind of a bummer that he didn't have an answer for you because I, I thought that was a good question. But he did say that he would love if that guy was on his team. Yeah. And I, I thought that was apt. Like you know the I at least I don't have to face this guy. I, I hope there's enough Joel Embiid humility somewhere in his stomach that says you know what I'm glad I don't have to go up. I think I think guy. he has it. I think it's there. Yeah, I would hope so too. All right, let's do some over-unders. What we're going to do is we're going to bounce around from over-unders and the other stuff I have. So first part of over-unders. First 10 games, and if you want to get the Sixers schedule up in front of you so you can have some uh, context here. First 10 games of the Sixers season, over-under, 6.5 wins. Oh, feels low. Well, I know, but then you look at the, there's some tough games in the first 10. Do you have it in front of you yet? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. A lot of road games. Seven of ten, mm-hmm. or six of ten are on the road. Yep. Um, we have Boston, we have Denver, we have Utah, I think, Portland. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's a tough, that's an early, early road trip. Portland, Phoenix, mm-hmm. Utah, Denver. Yeah. Um, I'll say over. They're, they're a good team, man. I listened, I, did you listen to the Bill Simmons, uh, Zach Lowe podcast? So I listened for it, trying to find, apparently he said something negative about Horford, but I don't remember hearing it. I, yeah. I, tuned, I tuned it out a couple of times, so maybe I missed it. I, I didn't mean, hear it. He's just such a caricature of himself and yeah, just hasn't well. had a fresh take since 2004. And it, like the guy who's like the father of podcasting or modern blogging or whatever you want to call him, like him, just and he being, is. Left, him being just like left in the past. And just be, becoming like such a get off my lawn guy is the transformation. Like what a what a beautiful sight. We all become the villain or whatever the fuck. Like come on. Mm-hmm. He said uh, he said Cantor is actually a, a decent defender. Which yes, is, which I is like that. Going go figure. That would happen to his, his his introducing that take happens to coincide with. And it's Cantor being the center on the Celtics. Did you know that that he's now on right. the Celtics? And I saying that. You know. Every time I say something good about the Celtics, I've actually forgotten that Enos Cantor was the the starting center. Yeah, I do think that they're the gonna South. they're gonna acquire somebody that where that won't be the case, whether that's like yeah. Aldridge or Stephen Adams yeah. or or one of the Pacers guys. But Ooh, Stephen Adams would be, I mean that would be cool. That would be good for them. It would yeah. be. Um, so I don't think it's gonna last, but at least for now, it, it's a it's gonna be a train wreck. Um, and then he said. The thing about Horford, like he's obviously he loves the guy. He's a warrior. Like he's great in the playoffs. But like, what is he averaging? Like fifteen and six? 
<laughs> Fuck him. Yeah. We've appreciated Al Horford for almost a decade now, you know, since 2011, I would say. Um, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. He didn't even, all we got was lectured for the last three years about how he's the accounting He's a cartoon. Um, yeah, but I appreciate it. I, yeah. As much as I, I hate him, I do appreciate the, you know, if it wasn't for Bill Simmons, this podcast probably wouldn't be a thing. I don't know. Somebody else would have come it, up with the idea of a podcast. Well, no. <laughs> <He'd>, <laughs> all right. Next over under. First 10 games, total minutes for Zaire Smith, 120. Oh, I'll say under. I, w- I, you know, I wish. I want him to yeah. start. I want him to play 40 every game. But uh, I think there will be stretches of like, oh, Zaire's in the rotation, and then stretches where it's like, oh, he's not. We take a break from the pod to talk about one of our favorite sponsors, right up there with all of our other sponsors that are our favorite, Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. So, Mike, I was at uh, Aaron's house, and Aaron is going to run for Live Ricky 4. He's going to run all of the images behind us and the sound and the, the video and stuff. And he has a dog, dog's named Charlie. Charlie's like, he's a good boy. He's like five or six years old, 70 pounds. And I was like, do you have a dog for Charlie? He's like, no, I don't. And I'm like, well, what the fuck? 70 pounds, a good boy, needs a big barker. Yeah. So talked him into getting a big barker. That's done. Anyone who has a dog, especially a dog over 50 pounds, should have a real bed for that dog. And the big barker is the only way to get the real bed. The big barker engineered by experts to support dogs' joints, especially dogs over 50 pounds. The first bed to do that, Mike. The first one? Yeah. I mean, who are these experts? Who are these these engineers that Human are sitting history. there? Yeah. Couldn't do it. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Invented uh, the car, we... <laughs> among other things. Yeah. Um, they can clone people, but good dog bed. No, they can't yeah. do we also got a new one, uh, about to put him up on the site, a 10-year-old pug named Napoleon who recently moved to Alaska and is now a, uh, a processed pup. So go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky, bigbarker.com slash Ricky. If you go through that link, you get the Big Barker dog bed, which is the best dog bed available. And if you care about your dog, you'll get your dog the best available. And you get two processed pup patches. I got to make sure when we have the two dog beds up on the stage at Live Ricky 4, I get the dog beds early so I can put the patches on. We got to have the patches on there. I love that logo. Um, And you can see on the process pup section, it writes rickysanchez.com. If you get one of the beds and you send us the picture, we'll put it up there. Just how supportive the beds are compared to other dog beds that you see, it really, like there's really no comparing them. Um, When your dog sleeps, you know, Sleeps, how many hours does a dog sleep in a day? Fucking like 18 hours a day. Um, when they're sleeping at night, they should be sleeping on a good bed that supports their joints. They're, you know, they have joints just like people do. And if they're sleeping on the floor or bad beds, they're going to feel it just like people do. 10-year warranty on the Big Barker Dog bed, which is important because the bed is not like cheap. But if it's going to last for 10 years, it's worth every penny. The foam doesn't flatten or they'll replace it for free. One year at home trial. Try it for a full year. If you don't like it, They will replace it for free. They'll give you your money back, and they'll even pay for the shipping to send it back. Handmade in the United States of America. Big Barker dog beds. Woof, woof. Now back to the pod. Uh, Yeah, I I would say under. It feels like about the right number, though. 
and that's what, obviously why I did it. it. It feels like 100 is probably what happens. Um, and then he might actually go into a stretch middle of the season where he doesn't play as much because uh, Brett's like, oh, fuck this. He's not ready. Yeah, for, and then, first 10 games, 12 minutes per game, you think? That's a lot. Yeah. Well, they don't have a lot on the bench in terms of wings. It's really only if... And I we go back and forth about what Mike Scott is. He's really like the the new age four, but mm-hmm. is kind of wingy or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's not, there's no wings on the bench. There's just James Ennis. Well, Mati- so, Matisse, I think, is will be functionally right. a, a wing type. Right. And I, I think there's a chance we'll get to that, him. They, yeah. that, that Brett decides to opt for shooting with more Korkmaz early or something. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and the last one of the first part of, part of the over-unders, first 10 games, Total three-pointers made for Ben Simmons, 1.5. I will say easily over. He'll slide in four three-pointers made. I don't know. I'm really nervous about this thing. I'm the, the two obvious Sixers concerns. So I was on a podcast this week with um, Brian Scalabrini and Ryan McDonough. Wow. They had me on the podcast. Now, it took every bit of energy for me to not ask Ryan McDonough about Marquise Chris sure. because I want to do an hour about that. And they were asking about Simmons, and I really, like, I started thinking about it. And I started thinking about Jesus, is there another lead ball handler in the NBA who we wouldn't make fun of for having never made a three pointer? And the answer is no, not even close. I man, I fucking hope. And they also asked me what's more important, like the Joel Embiid health or the Ben Simmons shot, um, which is a really interesting question. Oh, I think it's clearly Embiid health. Embiid, clearly. well, because he he's the best player on the team. But they also that him, Simmons right? is already very good without a. Three. Yeah, but uh, well, I, I don't want to do a whole Simmons thing, but he is very good. But as the lead ball handler, like there is a specific limit. If you if you cannot shoot, at I all. I don't disagree. I think the limit yeah. is quite lower if Embiid is not healthy. Yeah, a hundred percent. He is the only guy on the team, at least as of right now, that I would say I said to them that if Joel has a healthy season, he can be in the conversation for the best player in the league, and and that is you know that that's the most important thing. I, um, I also think that if Ben Simmons develops a becomes Jason Kidd. You know, in the front, oh, yeah. developing a shot over the course of his career, I think there's a, uh, every chance that in the next ten years he is one of the best players in the league. Also, though I, I agree, though I do want to point out that Jason Kidd in his first two years in the NBA shot like four three pointers totally. a game yeah. and shot thirty five percent. Absolutely, like it's not, I'm not yeah. definitely not comparing in that sense, but growing yeah. from like a mostly non shooter to someone who is actually good at it. Like, right? Isn't he like top five all time in three pointers made yeah. in the NBA? Yeah, Jason like Kidd. That, yeah. He became a really good, and this is something you've brought up a lot about Ben being a spot-up three-point shooter. Kid became like a, he shot threes like a 6'10 guy shot threes. Yeah, exactly. You know, like set shot sort of. Um, you, can't, uh, you can't like imagine Jason Kidd like using a pick and roll and like going behind a screen and pulling up. Like he doesn't do that. Like that's, no. you think of Steve Nash maybe, you think of obviously mm-hmm. a lot of guys that are playing today, but. Jason Kidd wasn't doing that stuff. It, it's just no. swing the ball around. I have an open shot. Step into it. There you go. So before we get to our next over-unders, I want to talk about Mike Scott revealed on Twitter yesterday 
that the long Karate Kid style headbands are a no go anymore. Very upsetting. Do you know? Yeah. Do you know? Like, I I saw I sort of saw it last night and tried to figure out like who came down with that decision. But do you know like all of it, or mm-hmm. is it still vague? I don't. It's still vague. It is Mike Scott breaking news, really. On now uh, at Live Ricky Four. Um, I was told yesterday by Paul Green that all the kids in the band will be wearing Mike Scott style headbands oh, as good. a tribute, Man. which is great. So you're allowed to wear them to the live Ricky, but yeah, that's that's disappointing for Mike Scott. It had become his signature, you know, thing. Like, well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't only him, right? Drew, no, I think, Drew was the Holiday. first person that, that yeah. I saw it, and and Jimmy did it with Mike Scott, and I think there were, I think Ben also did it. Didn't Ben do it for one time, or was that just the headbands when everyone started wearing headbands together? That was just the headbands, okay. yeah. Um, but there's a handful of people that have done it, but it's really been... Look, I respect Mike Scott so much for just, like, finding his brand and just, like, mm-hmm. attacking it relentlessly, being the guy who's going to be like, I am I am this, and yeah. I will be known for this. And you know, Down for whatever, down for I whatever. would say his brand yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of Mike Scott, so I went over to, so Live Ricky 4 is coming up on September 27th at the Franklin Music Hall, which used to be the Electric Factory. Um, tickets are available now. You can go to our website, rightstorickysanchez.com, or just go to Ticketmaster and search Rights to Ricky Sanchez. $29.99 for GA. There are two Cornblow uh, VIP tickets left, two. So the VIP tickets have ticket a seat in the first 10 rows, a photo with Mike Scott, open bar, and commemorative item. Um, so I took a trip over to Franklin Music Hall. So I met with Brian, who books the place. Our friend Rich, un- Underground Arts Rich, you remember Rich, who solved our computer problem yeah, uh, the first time. Yeah. So Rich, Rich is like my with those with those guys. Rich is like my safe space because he listens to the pod and he really cares. Uh, and Tony, it is her first foray into live Ricky stuff. So. Rich said to me, we're doing Cornblow Corn Dogs again, um, which we have not done at the, at the Franklin Music Hall yet. We only did it underground art. So we will have Cornblow Corn Dogs. Um, we went over setting up our big surprise, which you and I talked about yesterday, yep. uh, which seems like it'll be great. They're very confident about that. Making sure that we could have the band up on stage, which honestly, so we're going to have the Paul Green Rock Academy band on stage on the side, okay. like a late night show. And on the other side, we'll do the dog bed guys or or ladies? If no, I think they should be in front of the band. And then on the other side, we'll have the uh, podium like we had last year. Sure. Or do we okay. have the dog yeah, bed guys? Do we have the dog bed guys next to the podium? No, I like them by the band. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But think about it. So we took a step up from Underground Arts when we moved to Franklin Music Hall last year. I think we were the second show ever at Franklin Music Hall um, when they changed the name from Electric Factory to Franklin Music Hall. I thought we took a huge step up. Having a band on stage to play music in between the bits is another enormous step up. It's really obnoxious. Um, Mike is doing the, spe- the Process Hall of Fame speech for Burnergate. Yep. I am doing Retweet Armageddon. We are, oh no, I'm doing TJ yeah. McConnell. I really enjoyed AU's Return Again piece. Yes, so he wrote that on the site this week. We are currently, we have a lot of balls in the air for who is doing the retweet Armageddon speech. There are currently a few balls in the air. Um, 
may be able may be able to announce who's doing it, maybe not. So we have that coming up. Um, the tattoo thing, we're getting closer, still a maybe. Um, and I was thinking this morning, so when I do my best thinking is in the morning. So these are the following bands I've seen at that venue. Tool, Metallica, Korn, Miley Cyrus, I saw play with the Flaming Lips at that venue, Dashboard Confessional, um, I saw Slipknot at that venue, um, Megadeth, Kid Rock. I'm trying to think of like all the, I just, the fact that we are on that stage is unbelievable. I know I said it last time we were on the stage, but it really hit me. I'm so excited for everyone to come. Like we, um, I thought last year's show was really fun, especially with Elton showing up and Dario and everything worked out great. Like I'm really excited for this show. I'm excited for everyone. I do think it was the best produced top to bottom show we've done. Oh yeah. I don't even think it's close. I was talking to Chris Ryan this week and I was like, the, so he was at the last one we did underground arts. Uh, we were right before Christmas and I said, we've come a long way <laughs> since that show. I think those shows were charming, but I do think it's really the difference between like ECW and WWE. <laughs> like I, I feel like we I'm also going to pile drive you through the stage. Yeah. <laughs> so please uh, come and share the night with us. We, we made sure doors are open an hour and a half before the show starts so we can uh, hang out with everybody. Doors are at 630. The show isn't until eight. Uh, it is the last weekend before training camp starts, which is really cool. I heard Brett Brown's doing his um, his like lunch with all the media a few days before. So there'll be a lot of six. So it's like right. really the kickoff of the season. It's, Tickets also, are, it's also the day after Perfect Harmony premieres, which is the show that I write for. So you'll be hearing a lot about that. Wow, that's huge too. Yeah. We'll be able to talk about that on the stage, Come right? On. So tickets are, and it says GA on the website. Everything is GA, but like last year, everything is seated. So we did find between Underground Arts and Franklin Music Hall that if people are sitting down, they're more, you know, willing to listen to you. So, um, and it's more comfortable. I don't like going to shows where I can't sit down. No, standing anymore, up so. at a podcast show doesn't seem like the right, the right thing. No, it just turns into a like some sort of weird cult rally. So, um, so it is GA, but it's seated, uh, and at Franklin Music Hall, seated is really cool. So $29.99 right now, $35 day of show. Um, and, uh, and the, the two corn, the corn blah VIP tickets are $99.99. Um, and then we'll have the posters there for sale too. Um, which Tanner, our artist did that amazing job. Um, but the posters will be there and signed by Mike Scott. Um, so they'll be there too. So the Rights Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by our original sponsor, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Coming up on October 12th, I will marry um, one of the couples that LL has sold an engagement ring to. Um, I don't, I should ask them if I'm allowed to use their first names. I have not asked them before, hmm. but uh, October 12th, I'm going to be marrying an LL Pavorsky couple. Did you know that it was LL's birthday? A mere few days ago. Yeah, we twi- uh, Kristen tweeted it out. Um, well, we haven't talked he, about it on the podcast, then. We haven't talked about it. Happy birthday, LL. 55 years old. Doesn't look a day over 53, I don't think. Um, not, not even close. No. He uh, wait, takes so care wait, of himself. Hang on a second. So he's 55. Yeah. Yep. You are 42? I'm 43 now. You're 43. You are closer in age to LL than you are to me. <laughs> Throw that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you it. it. You got it. <laughs> well, I'm proud. I'd rather be. I'd rather be even closer to LL in age if it makes me any closer to being a guy that is that good. And I'm jealous uh, and, and that genuine. Yeah. Jeez. I. 
if there's any way to get me closer to 55 quicker, that's what I'd like to do. <laughs> Uh, LL Pavorsky Jewelers been in business for 30 years, sold over 130, right, Stricky Sanchez listeners, engagement rings. You don't stay in business 30 years unless you're good at what you do or you're just fucking excellent at tricking people. But that's a lot of work. He's good at what he does. Genuine guy, sells people great jewelry at a great price, um, no pressure, lots of information. You know, we all know buying an engagement ring is a lot of money. You want to be sure of what you buy. And when you go to LL, you'll be totally sure of it. And he gives our listeners that flat engagement ring box so you can fit it in your pocket for that special day so you don't have to hide it in a backpack or something. Um, and most engagement ring boxes, way too big to put in your pocket. Too at big. Least without, yeah, at least without them thinking that you have some sort of like growth on your leg. Um, if you're going to buy an engagement ring from Lee, you gotta. You don't have to make an appointment, but it's better if you do um, so he can have everything ready for you. 215-627-2252. Stores at 707 Walnut. Um, you can just tweet at him at LL Pavorsky or go to LLPavorsky.com. And congratulations. Um, I don't know if you saw, but uh, the youngest Pavorsky, not Jake, um, the young Missy Pavorsky is now a college student. I which is see it. Fucking crazy. Um, she's older than Jake now, which no one saw coming. <laughs> Finally older than Jake. Finally. It, it took long enough. So congratulations to Missy. Um, and for every pod, uh, LL makes donations decoded by kids in the Providence Animal Center. LL Pavorsky Jewelers. Empty nester. Full display. Love that. Now back to the pod. Um, all right. Over-unders. Total game. So Joel Embiid, the last two years, has played 63 games and 64 games. Total games played for Joel Embiid, 65.5. And this is just regular season? Yeah. I'll say under, and I'll be happy about it. So sort of a planned under. A planned a planned, and maybe one 10-day to two-week stint yeah. on the injured list for knee soreness yeah. is sort of what you're thinking. I think so. I would love. I would the, the love. One, like, I would love between sixty and sixty-five. That'd be huge. Yeah, I, I would love for him to get to sixty-six. Just to, I would love for him for him to play more games than he has because I know he'll feel good about it. You know, they aside from we, you know, the the injury um, things with Embiid have been long talked about, obviously. But the one thing that is specific to it to me is that in the four four years or five years he's been in the NBA. How many? His, how many seasons has he played? Yeah, five. it's his, it's his fifth five. year. We're about to go. We're going into his sixth year in the NBA, and, and he's right. played okay, so five. three seasons so far. Right. So it was the two that he didn't play at all. The one where he played like thirty-five games, yeah. and he stopped in January because of the Rockets. And then the last two, right, sixty-three and sixty-four. Uh, he has so in Joel Embiid's five seasons in the NBA, he has never been healthy at the end of the year, and that is the goal, right? Like. That there, there is of everything we talk about, him being healthy when the final game of the season ends 100%. is the most important thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I'd almost just like skip 2019, <laughs> like, start playing in January and just, play, you know, <laughs> yeah, no back to backs, like, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, the Sixers are going to be one of the top two seeds. It'd be nice to get the top one, um, but it would not be nice at the expense of. Embiid pushing himself to not be healthy at the end of the season because you're absolutely right. I hadn't thought of it like that. He's never been healthy for the end of the year, and that's at this at this point for the team as is. That's what matters. Um, total first place votes for Joel Embiid for MVP 
over under 1.5. So how many votes are there? I think there's... I'll look at last year's voting. I want to say it's like 120. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna look it up. I'll, I will say I will say over. I'll say he's he'll be in the conversation, for sure. That I mean, that's really what I think MVP means, I, or th- that's what I'm trying to ask. Because I think if he gets more than, um, okay, so let's see total total votes. There are I was actually pretty close. There are 101. Uh, first place votes per basketball reference. And how many last year, people got first place votes last year? Just two? Uh, s- just two. So it was, but it was really a two person race yeah. for sure. I mean, it was Giannis and Harden. Right. Um, Giannis got 78 first place votes and Harden got 23. Um, it, it really does. Now, I think this year is a year Giannis already got his, and there is no consensus right now for who the best player in the league is mm-hmm. with, you know, with LeBron having gone through what he went through last year, KD hurt, all yeah. that sort of stuff. I think Kawhi only played 60 games right. last year, so, you know. It's always interesting if guys when guys split votes and stuff. Um, right. And Giannis Harden was was a distinct, there's no one there to split these votes uh, between yep. those guys. Whereas, like, Steph and KD, that's a clear split. I think LeBron and AD might, might end up being a similar split. Um, Embiid, Simmons could be, but I think it's still... Embiid for what he does defensively, and if he puts up like twenty-seven and thirteen or whatever, um, and they're the number one seed, I, I think he will absolutely be in the conversation. I think Jokic will be in the conversation. Um, I I really can't think. I think Steph, Steph, AD, Jokic, Embiid, and then maybe Giannis and Harden, but I can't think of anybody else that would be that'd be close. I would say. Um, I don't think Kawhi or Paul George will play enough, and I think they'll step on each other's toes. Yeah, and I think Kawhi will do the 60 games thing again, yeah. and people will just sort of disqualify that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love if if he gets votes. And by the way, I think the Lakers are winning 47 games. <laughs> so I don't think – I really do. I that, lo- that roster is fucking – is trash. You know, like I know they have two great players, but um, like AD has been on teams with – you know, like really good players and not LeBron, but also LeBron's 35 or 36. I really think they're winning. They're one thing that you, you asked if I listened to that Simmons pod, he was just reading the names of their guards. It's a disgrace. It's like, there's no guards on the team. There's no actual good guards on the team. I really think they're winning 47 or 48 games. We'll see. Maybe I'm, I look foolish, but uh, okay. Three-point shooting percentage for Joel Embiid. He's basically gone 36 point something his first year, and then 30, and then 30. Over, under, I have 34%. I'll say over. I think he's, gonna, I think he's working on it. I think he knows he's going to take care of his body more. I think he'll see Horford hitting. And want to do some of that. I think there are fewer Sixers players that can't shoot, so mm-hmm. he'll be playing with other guys that can shoot, so that they won't be able to. That'll open the court up a little bit more if you have to stay with Trey Burke or, or Neto even. Um, and it's not like he got many threes off of JJ, so I feel like the team will be smarter. He will be having plenty of open threes. And they just got to fall. I think they will. Boy, 
I will say just barely over. I'm going to think like 34.2, but that is huge. 34.2 is monstrous for him, I think. And then final Embiid over under, total off-season workout videos. Obviously, we've seen zero so far. I'm setting the over under. Now, this, this does not count when he is in Sixers camp. So this ends like September 29th or something. Over under, total off-season workout videos from Joel Embiid, 0.5. I will say we'll get one. I'll say we'll get a full end of summer, like into training camp. We'll get one. Here's what I've been up to. Like, remember me kind of thing. So he told it to me off pod, but I'm sure he'll be fine with it. Connor had Barwin had an Embiid theory. So Connor Barwin, by the way, played Division I college basketball. Like he's a an actual basketball player. And his thing was like, because we were talking about the fact that there's a lot less social media from Joel. And he's like, well, he's got, like, he loves somebody. And he's got a woman in his life. And he's, he's like, the, the affirmation and the, um, like, the, I don't know, the, um, uh, the, the, what he's looking for is no longer coming from, like, social media that's interesting um and then he saw this as like a positive yeah that like he settled he doesn't want to go out anymore he doesn't want to do this that and the other mm-hmm. um i would say um uh i will say the, the off-season workout videos will be zero because i i totally agree with him one thing before we get to the next section of over-unders i've been asked on twitter a few times and two emails i mentioned in a podcast like two or three pods ago that for like six or seven years, I ate the same exact thing every day. And it actually inspired a Twitter jigsaw this week. Did you see that one? Uh, yes, the, the watch one TV show or one meal. Yeah. yeah, what would you choose? Play. I will play this game. Game is play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, how does it feel to win the ultimate game? And he said, if it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year? Basically, the jigsaw was you can either, um, and it, maybe I wasn't clear enough, AU was whining about it, as he always does, but basically what I'm saying is the only thing that you can watch is one TV show, the same episode for the rest of your life. No movies, no live sports, no anything. Um, But you can eat whatever you want. Or you have to eat the same thing for every meal the rest of your life, but you can watch whatever you want. So could Um, that, could the one show that I watch be the Eagle Super Bowl win? Yes, many people pick that, yes. Okay. It'd be be nice to not have to watch sports. What a, yeah. what a what a nice thing! I could. What if I get? What about like clips online, like of the of the game, like highlights? Um, because people post it on Twitter and stuff. I'm scrolling through Twitter and like someone posts. I'm gonna say no, but you can't. You can obviously read a recap. Okay. Um, I would say going into the rest of my life, I need a diversity of food more than I need to watch things. I can go see movies, right? I can still see movies? Mm-hmm, sure. I can go see movies. Wait, no, 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 no. If, if you... No, no, I said no movies. 
um, the only thing that you can actually watch. Because people were like, oh, just watch Netflix on my phone. And I'm like, I'm, you're missing the point. <laughs> I'm not saying that you can't watch a television. I'm saying that like, like long form narrative is, is gone for you. So no movies. Not even going to the theater. No, you can watch live sports in person if you okay. want, but no, nothing on TV. You could watch a play. You, mm-hmm. could, you could. You I'd could still go to probably. I'd still theater. probably do the food thing. I would. I mean, I. It'd be. Not, I. I could make myself happy with just like tacos and rice and beans and some veggies every for every meal. Um, mm-hmm. But. Um, I would love fucking cereal every meal. No, Give that's it to not me. nearly enough nutrition. Um, but I would. I miss. I would miss watching things, but I think it would also make my life like significantly better if I didn't have to. Yeah, simpler. Yeah. So what I ate every day was I would make oatmeal. I would put canned pumpkin in it and crushed banana, and then I would put it in the toaster oven for like two minutes and brown the top of it. So that was breakfast. Lunch every day was either a tuna sandwich, no mayo. I would make it with mustard and jalapenos and olives on whole wheat bread, or a turkey sandwich. Some sort of pop chip and like some kind of like meal replacement bar. Then for dinner, I would have chicken breast and sweet potato. And the only snacks I would eat were apples and carrots. Um, And I did that for like six or seven years. And that does not count. I would occasionally go out to dinner. When I would go out to dinner, I wouldn't keep to that. But that's basically what I ate every day for like half a decade. So. No, thanks. A bunch of people asked what it was. There it was. I don't care. My my wife said she was jealous of the fact of what, and AU said the same thing, that I've compartmentalized food. Um, and it's all a fear of putting weight on again and having to buy more clothes. So, all right, over-unders. Tobias Harris, points per game, 18.2. Interesting. And what was his last year for the Sixers? Hmm, I think it was 17-something. Let me look. Um, I will say slightly over. It's going to be right there. So last year, he... Oh, I swear to God, I did not know this. So last year overall, he um, he averaged 20 points a game, 20.9 for the Clippers, and legitimately, I did not look at this, 18.2 wow. for the Sixers. Yeah. Uh, so say, I think I'll he's got to be higher. Especially because JJ's yeah. gone. I think yeah, Josh will get points, but... Um, well, Jimmy's, Jimmy's gone. Jimmy's gone as well, yeah. And Horford, yeah. I think, will only... He'll get like 13 or 14, whatever. I actually think I would like to, and I, I think like Harris needs to be around like twenty one or twenty two. Yeah, that'd be nice. He's gonna be the sec. He's gonna be the second scorer on the team. I mean, like you know, um, Josh Richardson point points per game over under fourteen point two. I'll say over the way these things work. I mean, this is sort of just like a statistical thing, but like when guys sit, like it doesn't count that they get zero. So like it'll be boosted by like games when. Embiid or Simmons or any of these guys sit. So it'll be, if you add them all up, it'll be like, wow, they're averaging 170 points per game, but it's only because they're not counting the, like, did not plays. So I'll, I will say over for Josh Richardson, even though when everybody is healthy and playing, I would say probably slightly under. Uh, total, I, I'm going to say under. I think it's actually going to be in the, I'm going to say slightly under. We take a break from the pod. Final break. Talk about our sponsor, the Colony Meadery. That's right. Mead. Mead. The, made from honey. No gluten. The alcohol of the gods. 
it, 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 it's been around forever. It took Colony Meadery. It took right Stricky Sanchez listeners to, uh, in, in Allentown of all places, to fucking perfect mead. And they're like, well, we know it's honey. We know there's no gluten. But how do we do just an unlimited number of fucking flavors in cool cans with great names? Colony Meadery did it. Um, good news. As I mentioned, I was over at the electric, or no, not the electric factory, the Franklin Music Hall. We're going to find a way to make sure that there's mead there. Um, so there will be mead at Live Ricky 4. Also, we kicked, I think, two kegs last year at Live Ricky 4. Also, Lick Face Volume 2 is coming. It's coming very soon. Of course, you can buy Lick Face Volume 1. Um, which is a pumpkin spice mead. You do that on the website, uh, colonymeadery.com. You can buy some Woofy Dog, a dry hopped mead. Check out this, 9.5% alcohol by volume, 9.5%. You don't got to drink a lot of mead to have it do its job. They just have a ton of flavors, Grapefruit League, Mini Mead, all that. You can see them all at uh, colonymeadery.com or Go to any of the, the many locations you can buy it in uh, Eastern PA Wegmans and um, where else? The uh, Foodery and Whip Tavern and Urban Village Company, Johnny Brenda's, DeBruna Brothers, Standard Tap, they all have it. Go to, or if you don't want to go anywhere, I don't like going anywhere either, go to uh, colonymeadery.com and use the code Ricky for $5 off. And when you're drinking mead, make sure you, uh, you tag us on Twitter or Instagram and use the hashtag drinkamead coward. That's right. Drink a mead coward. Also been talking to the colony meadery about doing a, uh, a watch party for a game up at one of the tap rooms, Ooh, which would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. So, uh, keep listening for details of that must be 21 to drink. Please get buzzed responsibly. Colony meadery.com code Ricky for $5 off. Now back to the pod. Uh, total trades made by the Sixers this year, 2.5. I'm gonna say under. I think this is the team. I think there's there's a chance we get a a Jonah trade midway through, may and maybe one of those is packaged with like either Matisse or Zaire, um, if they think that the skill set is derivative of each other, and and one of them pops or whatever. Um, but I I I believe that we will that this is basically the team, and I'm excited about that. I'm excited to have one team after what a uh, chaotic mess last year was. Yeah, 2.5 is a lot for a team that doesn't have a lot to trade. Yeah. You know, like um, like their their trade ships are the only young players they have, really. Um, so unless somebody's trying to dump something, you know, and I, they don't even have really a dumpable salary, you know, so I would agree. Um, and finally, in this section, total years Brett Brown ages visually. So Brett Brown has aged like a president ages in the six years he's been here. If you look at the first picture of Brett Brown when he got hired and now, it is fucking way different. Now, part of that is the gray beard. Yeah. I think it it's a, big, it's a baby picture. Total visual uh, years that Brett Brown ages this year, 4.5. I'll say under. I, I don't understand why people think that the Sixers are this big tinderbox. Um, Simmons and Embiid seem to be totally fine. Uh, Josh Richardson is a, and Al Horford and... Tobias Harris are all like calm, level-headed guys that aren't going to shake it up. Like if Jimmy was here, then then sure. Even JJ is kind of like a fiery guy that you can imagine like getting into it if if the locker room goes to hell. Um, so I I think last year was the year that he aged visually more than anything else between Fultz and all the trades and stuff and Jimmy. Um, this year it seems like 
easygoing. Even the young guys are like relatively mature, it seems. Um, so I think I'm going to say well under. Um, before we get to our final section of over-unders, a, a, a quick mailbag question. Or I, have, I have two quick ones. This one is from John. Antonio, the Antonio Brown situation has been weird. Where would you rank it in comparison to the Sixers' weird situations the last couple of years? I really think towards the bottom, but curious your opinion. Well, it keeps going. Um, it's, it is pretty fucking crazy, yeah. the Antonio Brown thing. The I'm not going to play unless they wear... They let me wear a helmet that they don't allow anymore thing was crazy. The video thing last night was pretty wild using a private conversation from a coach. The trade me Instagram post was crazy. Release me. And remember. Is what it was. Release me. Right. He just got there. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) That's on top of the weird frostbite feet. Yes. Weird frostbite feet, which is, I, I really think. You know, people are saying, like, I, I don't, people on Twitter are so weird. Like, now they're fighting over what's weirder, the NBA or the NFL. Sure. I, I, it's really, it comes down to, for me, uh, Markel Fultz, Burnergate, and this, right? Like, there's nothing else that's happened with the Sixers that is this crazy. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd probably agree. And I, I would put this under Burnergate and Fultz. But, but yeah. still relatively high. I think in the span of all yeah. the weird things that happened with the Sixers dating back to the Bynum thing, like I think it's, you know, I think it's relatively high. Okafor, everything, and, and beats two years and, and everything. Us. All, all, a bunch of weird shit has happened. Zaire, like all the, all the crazy things. Mm-hmm. The first round, every first round pick getting injured, all that stuff. But I think that this is the, how long and how many things have happened just in this, like, you know, preseason. Uh, I would say it, it's a lot. I would say just under <laughs> Fultz and Colangelo because there's nothing that happens when it's like, oh, a guy got traded to a place and he didn't like it, and they beat and they like got into it with each other, and he did, it didn't work out. He wanted to be released. Like that happens from place to place. But there's so many things that it's up there. But it's still not as like you're like I, I guess I would say wiretapping your coaches is, is close. But I still think <laughs> number one pick for getting how to shoot and GM caught. <laughs> Trashing his team and players and hyping his own stuff up uh, with a fake tw- fake Twitter accounts. Yeah, I think yeah. is I think still like you know le- leaves you hanging. That that quote from Gruden during the phone call. I brought you here because you're my favorite guy. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I fucking love it. And then other mailbag question. Uh, writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com is where you can send us mailbag questions. This uh, comes from Brian. I write this with full awareness that Amos Lee is an incredibly talented and successful musician who has a very busy schedule with his actual job. Um, just finished up a tour of the Red Rock. I want to go to... Have you ever been to Red Rocks I in have. Colorado? Yeah. I, I, it looks amazing. It's very cool. I, I, he... He played the show on a weekend that I just couldn't go, but one day I want to get out to it. Um, but is there any more Tony Tony to Tony content coming? I honestly could listen to an entire podcast by Tony Tony to Tony and Tommy Down the Shore. So those podcasts exist. I don't think they'll ever be released. Um, uh, as far as Tony Tony to Tony, I did hear from Amos, who's the only person who talks to him, that Tony Tony to Tony is very upset that he did not get voted into the process hall of fame. <laughs> so I, I think to a certain extent, we're waiting for a response to that. And I don't know that we'll get any content from Tony T until we get the response from that. 
Um, Over-unders, final one. Matisse Thibel, minutes per game, 16.5. I'll say under. I think, you know, I don't think Brett has a reputation of not wanting to play rookies. I don't think it's like Larry Brown-esque, but I think... I think there's sneaky a lot of guys on this team, um, and Ennis will play. Mike Scott will play. Burke Ornetto maybe. Uh, we mentioned Corkmaz before. Um, I think it'll be in and out. So I, I will say close to that. I'll say like you know in the thirteen fourteen range, especially as as guys start to get hurt. But um, I, I don't think he's. I, I don't think any of the rookies, any of the young guys, whether that's. Shake or Jono or Matisse or Zaire is gonna is gonna come close to twenty minutes per game on the regular. Yeah, I, I agree with Thibault. They they were when I mentioned I was on that pod with Scalabrini and um and uh fuck Ryan McDonough, which is a radio.com sports podcast. And um before they had me on, I was listening to the talk and McDonough was talking about the profile of guys like Thibault who are known as basically strictly defensive players in, in college and how they translate to the NBA. And his position was that like wing defender guys like don't translate that much, you know, like his, so I'm, Thibault's three point shot looked pretty smooth. Well, McDonald's in, track record of being a GM is pretty high. So I, I guess I trust him there. Well, he's better than me. I don't know. I mean, like, I just thought it was interesting. Anybody who gets to that position knows something. No, and true. No, I'm just being dick. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear, I hear that. I think his, his, he is a straight up role player on offense. I think mm-hmm. he has some dribble drive to his game that he can add because he's smart. But I don't think it's not like he couldn't do things offensively. It was just like here's what I'm good at. I can do these things, and I think they will translate very easily to the NBA. Whether that's off ball cutting. Just a level of intelligence. I think he can hit threes on the move. He's got to get more consistent from there, obviously. But he's a decent passer. I I think there is elements to his game that's not just, oh, he's a total zero on offense. The Oakland Raiders released Antonio Brown today. Um, Ike Ike Reese, uh, who jumped on your back once, Mm -hmm. predicted yesterday on a Reddit AMA. Was it yesterday? or two days ago, that he was going to end up in New England, and he fucking will, and he'll have 103 catches and 1,700 yards. I just, I know he will. Um, Mike Scott game winners, 1.5, over, under? Um, including the playoffs, I'll say over. Yeah, I got to go over, too. Come on. He's the guest at Live Ricky Four. Um, two more, two more over, unders. Games that we talk about calling the Kyle O'Quinn game over under 0.5. Oh, well over. <laughs> well, well over. Yeah, we're definitely going to get a, a Kyle O'Quinn in for the last seven minutes feeling himself hit three threes in a row game. Let's go. Like, I just, I do feel it. And then finally, um, hilarious older vets that we've heard of that we get off the scrap heap and end up on the roster this year over under 1.5. Uh, you mean like in Corey Brewer style? Yeah, yeah. Let's say that he's the litmus test for like he's the 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 bottom of hilarious vet. Like the top of hilarious vet is what we were talking about last time. Like Joe Johnson and Spencer Hawes and uh, Carmelo, and the bottom is Corey Brewer. So hilarious vets that we actually that they'll actually play. Yeah, that will play. Um, I'll say we'll get one. I don't think we'll get more than one. 
I think we need one. I feel like we're owed one. I would really like to have the one. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Um, all right, um, that's it. You got anything else before we go? Ricky Live, baby. I'm ready to go. Yeah, Ricky Live. Uh, get your tickets. It's September 27th, Ticketmaster.com or RightsRickySanchez.com. And then are we having the Bucks guy on next week? Is that it? Yeah, Frank Madden from um, Brew Hoop, my old friend and SB Nation cohort. Uh, great guy, Frank Madden. We'll, uh, we'll get into it. Hear about a little, little Giannis takes from the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Looking forward to it. Are you down with TTP? Yeah. You know. Make face. Say the name, say the name, we were right, y'all, we were right, 